Right, this is your transatlantic bridge between Stockholm, Sweden, and Harlem, USA. You are listening to this moment, and we're so glad to be uh, so glad to have you listening to this moment. And I am so glad to be in conversation with you, my dear brother, Chef Marcus Samuelson. Marcus, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been a big week, and I feel like. Spring is coming to New York, and March is mm. always that month. Is that bridging month, right? We still got a little winter, but you、mm-hmm. still here in New York definitely got some spring. So I'm excited. I took Zion ice skating last weekend in the park, and this、uh, weekend it's probably biking or you know like really spring See, stuff. That, that, that's the thing about New York is that you can have like like the temperature temperature shift in New York just in a day. Uh, you know, it could be from like、uh, having to wear a heavy coat to walking around in a t-shirt within one single day. So、Absolutely. you were ice skating last week, and today it's like、uh, biking in the park weather. Yeah, it's that, and we we were all, we were actually talking about it this morning when we, you know, just like you take your daughter to school every and do the pickups. I take Zion. I walk in the mornings.、Um, To school with Zion, and that's where we kind of start. When you get to Thursday, we start planning、mm-hmm. sort of what is our weekend、uh, stuff. You know、mm-hmm, what I mean?、Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just you know a lot of birthday parties for his friends and school friends and stuff like that. But this weekend, I think we're pretty clean, and we can actually you know go get into our stuff. Some stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. And、uh, so, what does he like doing? What 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 is he into right now? He's five, right? Yeah, four and a half. So anything、four、that half, you know,、yeah. being a boy, anything that is speed. And danger and crash and that, smash. That's not just being a boy. I, I, my daughter is the same way, brother. You know, Sweden. Sweden also in March is not. I usually say that you know, Prince. If Prince lived here, it would be.、Uh, you know, the song would be called "Sometimes It Snows in June."、Mm. You know, because it it often snows in April, and but、mm. sometimes it snows even in June. But March definitely. So we had snow all week. But my daughter still wanted to ride her scooter on the sidewalk today, and I'm like, it's not a great idea. But she's like, I really want to ride my scooter, and so she's zooming along. There's snow, slush, and yeah, they put all they put out this gravel on the sidewalks to prevent people from slipping. So it's like impossible to ride one of these small scooters, going really fast, crashing, and like falling down and scraping her hands. And yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm like, you know, this is what you wanted to do. Not now, we're doing it. Yeah. You know? Yes. 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 Anyway, Marcus, I wanted to dive in. You know, last week's episode, we, you know, we had to do it.、Uh, we had to speak about, you know, honestly, one of our heroes and a big hero in Sweden, Slatan Ibrahimovic,、Absolutely. and his comments and his kind of、uh, unwarranted criticism of LeBron James, and of course, there's been a lot of reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew it was going to be a hot potato. We,、uh, you know, and I just want to say this to all our listeners. You know, Slatan is a big hero for both Marcus and myself, no doubt about it. That's、yeah. why we really needed to address this thing. That doesn't mean that we agree with everything he does. Quite, quite the contrary. It also doesn't mean we agree with everything in LeBron James' track record. You know, so. We were talking specifically about the situation, but Marcus, I just wanted to share an email we got from one of our listeners, and this、uh, email was so beautifully written that、um, and so kind of、uh, insightful and loving, and it just you know, knowing that we have listeners like like this man,、uh, his name is Roland Williams.、Um, Just makes me feel like doing this moment is is so so worth it. No, it I mean, matters. This is this is the type of force that we want. Yeah, and he, I, I'm not gonna. It, it's a long email, but he says, you know, Slatan is certainly entitled to speak his mind. The question is, why did he label LeBron's impact work off the court as political? Was this some sort of unfettered remorse about the striker in the mirror? With all the technology in the world, why couldn't he repair the damage to his hometown? That's one to think about. Would an illustrious career in football end like the statue bearing his likeness? 
Slatan's accusation, coupled with his misuse of terminology, are clearly telltale signs that he's wrestling with a few things. And that's okay. As you put it, maybe this will serve as a proverbial red card. But let's hope that while he's on the sidelines, he has a chance to reflect and reckon with his legacy. Turn it all around. Borrow the page on activism from LeBron's playbook. Search for Colin Kaepernick on Google and wonder why it reads activist as opposed to athlete or quarterback. And maybe, just maybe, he can fuel one more 30-yard bicycle kick for his own Akron. Amazing, thank you right? so much. Thank you, Roland Amazing. Williams. Thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing that. Just loving and insightful kind of wisdom with us. And very poetic. You know what I mean? All of those things. Very. And I think also, like, first of all, like, we want people to be inspired by our heroes like Slatan, right? And that's why we put so much into it. It's very hard for Americans to understand how big a phenomena Slatan is in, in Sweden, right? It, it's, it's larger than life times 10. But then mm. also at the same time, like we talked about, for me, Slatan shows his humanity. He shows that he is far from perfect, which no one is, right? But uh, it also shows his ignorance, and that's okay because right. within that, there's opportunity to actually right. get knowledge reflect. and yeah. reflect, mm -hmm. and you know, come back, and hopefully, this can be a great turnaround. Right? Yeah. We've all yeah. done it in movies. It happens in storytelling. It happens in my own life. You know, when you've done your biggest mistakes, that's also one of the opportunities to come back to fullest. And if this becomes the big turnaround, and ten years later, we look at a huge sort of Slatan school in Malmö mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. inner city uh, uh, kids that we talk about activism. So be it. That's what we're hoping yeah. for. And that's why we, you exactly. and I put so much on this because we really think there's hope there. Two things about that, Marcus, um, is that Slatan being such a hero to so many in this country speaks to one, that there have been so few heroes with Muslim names of, of clear. Uh, you know, immigrant background heroes, you know, Blatter. Uh, and secondly, also that he's, I don't think I'm overstating it by saying the greatest Swedish football player to ever live. And football means a lot to people. You know, I've not at all. You know, I know football has meant a lot to you in your life, Marcus, and you're also a very good football player. I was never a great football player. But in 1994, when Sweden won the bronze medal in the World Cup, it was such a big deal in Sweden that it was, and, and the two heroes, you know, there are three heroes. It was the goalkeeper, Ravelli, uh, but it was also Martin Dahlin and Henke Larsson. And this was the first time that I saw Sweden just on a national level uh, celebrate two Afro-Swedish uh, people. And that made, you know, that made them and that whole happening uh, uh, so important to me because a part of their success, a part of their glory also kind of, uh, uh, you know, made me shine a little more. And, and my dad and my friends, you know, all, all, all our Afro-Swedish community got a piece of that uh, glory. Um, and I think that's what, what Slatan's, I think that's what Slatan's uh, standing here means to the, the, the Blatter community, the, the, the immigrant community, the people with non-European backgrounds, uh, black, brown, BIPOC, Swedes, um, people with Muslim names in this country. So I think, I, I think that soccer is very often a window in, right? Like culture is always a, win a window in. I mean, there's a couple of examples, right? When France hosted the World Cup, they had a choice to make, and this has been documented. It's like, if we're going to win this, we're going to have to bring, we have to decide, are we going to have an all-white French team or are we actually going to have a chance to win it? And they brought in their best all players. the different, Mbappe. the best players. And they, and they come from, from, you know, West Africa and they come from the Caribbean and they won the World Cup in 1998. Mm -hmm. And they come from course, the Maghreb. And, you know. Exactly. And the Sudan, mm -hmm. you know, re, with, with his Algerian background and so on, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, became sort of the, the focal of that, right? But it was a real choice. Even when Germany won the World Cup, 
in in 2014, you know, they brought in people like Mesut Özil. They became the clear, 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 clear sort of like hero there. And that was the first time really where sort of Turkish Germany, a huge part of immigrant Germany, saw themselves represented in Germany. So in Europe, uh, in America, we call it very often BIPOC, right? But in Europe, in Sweden, for example, the black community is also part of the blatte community, which is sort of a could be a derogative word, but it's also a word of if you can be empowered by, like, and these communities very often work as one, but there's always going to be challenges and differences within this community. Uh, and I do think that the word activism is just something that Slatan uh, is not fully aware of yet. And it could be because his bubble as an athlete hasn't, he hasn't looked mm. outside that. But I would say the opportunity of being a privileged athlete allows you to look outside that community more than mm. ever and, be and become an activist and be become a fighter for the people with a lesser means, because that's going to open up another side. And he can touch not only Swedes, but Europeans in a completely different level exactly. once he entered that. And I think we should have a this moment where we actually break down what the word blatte, essentially where it came from, what mm -hmm. it means, because mm -hmm. it is a word that, you know, we have to unpack and we have to kind of like explain for an and, hour. And so. again, Slatan being wrong in this instance doesn't mean that his uh, uh, contribution to Sweden, his exemplar yeah. in Swedish society of being, you know, the most successful person with a Muslim uh, a last name in, in this country and what that's meant to and inspired people in this country doesn't erase that. It just means that, you know, that he's got more uh, realizing, reckoning and thinking to do. That's all. And we all do. Hit us up. Our email is thismomentpodcast at gmail.com. That's thismomentpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Uh, good, bad. You might make the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, President Biden is set to sign his landmark nearly $2 trillion relief bill. He's calling the American Rescue Plan. You understand, this isn't transitional. This is transformational. It's clear that an overwhelming uh, percentage of uh, the American people, Democrats, independents, our Republican friends, have made it clear, the people out there, made it clear they strongly support the American Rescue Plan. The, the big thing in the news now, and it's been all over the headlines uh, uh, in Sweden, too, is the stimulus package. This is actually the day for me when America taken a serious step in to become part of the first world. What do I mean to that? Right. These are things that Europe and other leading countries in the world have had forever. So to get a $300 check for your child uh, might not sound like a lot, but it is a lot. And it can go towards child care at home. It can go to so many other different things and it will cut child poverty by half in this country. That is massive. Do you know how many parents had to stop working? You know how many single mother had to stop working and homeschool mm -hmm. their kids during the pandemic because they couldn't afford to go to work that paid maybe minimum wage and have their kids at the same time. Now they could actually afford to keep their job, get this check, 
and build on something, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe afford mm -hmm. to keep that car, maybe afford to keep that childcare support so they can go out and get extra overtime out, whatever it might be. This is massive. Mm -hmm. And what, mm -hmm. when you look at the previous, uh, previous administration's stimulus package, it wasn't a stimulus package. It was really, hello, how are all the big companies doing and how can I help them? You know, when an institution like Harvard gets $7 million, it's not a stimulus package that impacts people. This is a real stimulus package that impacts real people. The fact that we're now going to have healthcare, the fact that we're now going to have childcare, this is what England, France, all these other countries, Sweden, mm. America constantly what we take for granted. Yeah. Yes. But it's also I the mean, it's basically that, the American state head on tackling uh, its issues of poverty. Yeah. And but it's also poverty is very real for a lot of Americans. Of course. But it's also these countries that America constantly compares itself to. Mm. This we've been um, these countries have been doing this since at least the 50s. My second part about it is for me as a restaurateur, as a chef, $28 billion was carved out for the restaurant industry. Oh, yeah. And this is massive. This is massive, right? Because it means that the mom and pop restaurants that doesn't have the same opportunity as I have, I can do cooking classes online. We can figure out how to negotiate with a landlord. This means that, you know, when you drive from Kennedy Airport and you go through Queens and you see all of those mom and pops, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Half of them are not closed, Jason. Half of them, right? Imagine that. Like half of the restaurant, what makes Queens Queens is a big part of these mom and pop restaurants. Now, they're going to have access to get a re basically get a check. And now they can start to restore and open. And each one of those windows, don't think about them as windows or restaurants only. Think about them at each place. There's about 12 on average people working. Right in each restaurant. In yeah. each restaurant. Mm -hmm. So now our next thing that this is something we fought for for a long time with Independent Restaurant Coalition, and it gave me goosebumps when I was on a call this week with Majority Leader Schumer, and wow. he was talking to all of us, right? How hard they fought about it. So this is actually something Independent Restaurant Coalition didn't exist a year ago. We built mm -hmm. it. We pushed. We got access to Congress, and eventually through a lot of people we got this through so just saying voting matters right mm -hmm. the republicans mm -hmm. the republicans answer to the 1.9 billion dollar uh no 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus package was a 600 billion dollar stimulus package that, that's what they want to do guess what mm. the child care is out of there the helping the restaurant right. bill is out of there right all these things that are actually going to transform America into actually a more secure place would have been mm. ripped out. So mm. that vote that everybody fought for in Atlanta that actually made the House, uh, and, and obviously with Vice President mm -hmm. Kamala Harris, that mattered. It changed, Absolutely. The disc it changed the course for millions of Americans. And on a selfish note, I got my second shot. Woo! I got my He's second inoculated. shot. When are you coming yes. to Stockholm? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It was amazing. Congratulations, brother. So your whole fa your your wife has it too, or no? So I I took it mm -hmm. because of the in terms of restaurant worker, we were classified mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as first responders, so we could go. Uh, and uh, you know, I signed up early. And I hear all kinds of stories how people are in my industry are doing it, whether they get the text and they can be at the Javits Center at 2.36, like my friend Mark Murphy, uh, in the morning to do it. He did that. But, big up Mark Murphy, big yeah. listener of this moment. Shout yes. out. Shout out. But, yeah. you know. So you just got a text and you had to jump over there. Uh, no, I got a couple of days notice because I did. Okay. He did the one shot and I did the two shot. But mm -hmm. I thought about it from... It was humbling, man. It was really humbling. Like, first of all, think how many people, the volunteers are in there, Jason. They're volunteers. Mm. They don't get paid yeah. to be in there. They're just doing it because it's right for their for our community. The incredible nurses and doctors, the massive amount of teamwork it takes to make this incredible and, thing happen. And think about this, Marcus, that 14 months ago, we barely knew what this uh, uh, virus was, you know, the, uh, COVID-19 was, was brand new. And 14 months later, there's already a vaccine and you, you've got it. 
you know that's a pretty incredible that speaks to what humans can accomplish uh when 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 we need to when there's a crisis and when we want to which also means that in 14 months hopefully can we fix racism because if we can find <laughs> no why not yeah, you just yeah, said yeah. it you said it why well, that's not that's it that's it it's an old pandemic my brother it's not going to be fixed in sweden but if you could do it in the united states uh, we, that would mean a lot to us over here in the cold north but but speaking Marcus, about shout outs speaking about shout outs i'm going to give you a big shout outs shout out to my queen megan diana you know mm-hmm. because she's definitely mm-hmm. you know turning up the conversation about race Mm. and class and culture in a probably the one of the oldest institutions as we know of when you think about the sort of the whole british system and you know it's a tough battle but you know i i i would say she's raising so many questions there mm. i think that's why it's become such a big conversation in britain because it's touching on race and class what's up with yeah. the megan diana though Well, I think there's a lot of uh similarities, right? You think yeah. about first of all, think about Prince Harry, right? His mother died mm. in the a paparazzi hunt and a hunt that was just going on forever and she brought up mental health issues. She brought up a depression. She went yeah, to she Africa. was ostracized by the yes. same family. Yeah. And then now he had to like leave his country leave all of that that he was raised with to at least to save his his marriage and to be mm. a husband so and and so he's he has given up a lot and they've figured out how to come together and i just think it's a it's very refreshing to see how uh, a couple that is on that sort of magnitude are dealing with this and are bringing up mm. conversations like being depressed like being talking about mental health on a global stage and obviously race right like um it is something when you i just think that she's bringing up these conversations that are so important and i know the moniker don't want to talk about it and you know even prince william's answer is like we are not racist and again he's stuck in this the act of the words mm-hmm. of racism mm-hmm. but i'm sorry mm-hmm. as an institution when you have colonialized countries across the world i'm sorry yeah, to say the planet yeah. you are part of a racist system it doesn't mean that your family may or may not use the n word that's not what we're talking about you are actually part of a systemic system well, i mean it, it's hard for the british crown to say anything else it's one of the richest uh, royal families in the world i mean you know so much of that wealth is built on the blood and sweat of people on the indian continent you know uh, and the african continent the north american continent the uh, south caribbean. american continent the caribbean co- i mean you know it's just there's no kind of getting around the weight of history that rests on the shoulders of the british crown so it, it it's really kind of laughable when he says we're we're not at all or whatever his uh, answer was but that they're they're not a racist family But wouldn't uh, it be refreshing though to have a conversation like you know again and I think it's racism one on one it's like day one in class no you are super sophisticated i understand mm. that this is not around the sandbox whether you said the n word or not mm, i get mm, that mm, but you can mm-hmm. also acknowledge the taxes and the labor free labor and the incredible system where you know your your country and your institution has benefited from uh mm-hmm. whether it's Jamaica or Ghana or you, you know uh, go, India, India Pakistan yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so still getting around it you know it, it, it for me it was just like dude come on man your answer needs to be a little bit more, more deep tissue than that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we we get it you are super sophisticated you and I'm, I'm not actually accusing you for doing that but I'm saying I have to acknowledge my privilege and being raised in the system mm. that I've been mm. the enormous benefiter of. That would have been refreshing, right? Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I uh, you know, uh, another small kind of detail that I noticed in it is that uh, Harry and Meghan went from having the the British crown, so the Queen paying their bills, to you know now it's Tyler Perry. So big up Tyler Perry. They're you know 
He set them up in one of his houses. I thought that was kind of a boss move, you know. Oh, it's definitely. Like, oh, you can stay in one of my places. No problem, man. No, but so, the biggest uh, boss of them all is Oprah. Her, her. Yeah, yeah, her, yeah. Okay. <laughs> her, her face. <laughs> like, <laughs> was just brilliant. The queen is like, no, no, not Oprah. Don't go on Oprah. <laughs> the impact of Oprah Winfrey. I mean, we yeah. can speak about that for a moment. The, 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 just the power of, of her you know, word and her platform is amazing. That also speaks to what we, you know, reconnects back to Slatan is just, you know, Oprah has just consistently used her platform to, to kind of uh, dive into things and, you know, uh, guests cry on her show and, and, but also addressing issues, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shout yeah. out to Oprah Winfrey. But Jason, I got to bring it back to mm. this year, right? This, this weekend Jason, it's actually exactly a year ago you came mm. here and you and I, we were so excited because, hold up a second. Today, I wanted to address March 15. I mean, this spring, this March is really significant time. Not just for me, but for a lot of us. There's so many different reasons. It's the one year anniversary on Brianna Taylor, and just thinking through that horrific night. It's also the one-year anniversary of when we closed our restaurant and converted to a community kitchen, and we closed everything. You know, Jason came back to Harlem to shoot his drop of midnight, and we were just like, you know, really excited about that, but at the same time, also nervous about the virus and we've been hearing about the virus at that point for about five weeks but now it really became serious I was extremely scared I remember just sitting with you here in New York and we were doing a talk around your book and you were also having um, a performance you practice you're performing in our basement in Ginny's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and on the lighter note all of that changed right it was not just about those performances that we made were happened but that was the smallest thing out of all of that that was ripped away from us right mm -hmm. i remember we were walking in harlem and actually you and i were walking up to marjorie at the parlor mm. and then the next day you were heading out to chicago but what a year what is what is this year meant for you and your family and just you recap for you. Yeah. It's been, you know, I mean, there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? Just like with, uh, I'm still de dealing with residual effects of having had uh, Corona uh, about two and a half months ago. Uh, and the kind of residual effects of, of this past year, uh, March 15, 2020 to, to, you know, March 15, 2021, I'm sure we'll be reeling for for quite a while, but there's two ways to see it. I mean, there's also, you know, and that's what we've, you've really helped me with, Marcus, uh, and these conversations, and and the conversations that we have, you know, uh, uh, off off air, uh, of which we've been in constant contact during this year because of the podcast and because of what you're going through and what the United States has been going through and. And just, you know, needing to talk about that um, is looking at the silver linings and the positive things. And I think that, you know, I've I've spent this whole year. So from about, you know, a month before my daughter's second birthday to a month before my daughter's third birthday, more or less taking her to school and picking her up every day, not being away from, you know, because I remember December 2019, I was in New York and I was also in California. And it was the longest period of time consecutively that I had been away from my daughter was nine nights, right? And I woke up uh, one morning in New York and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't stay away. I don't want to uh, uh, not wake up in the same uh, house as her for nine for nine consecutive nights, because I only have these years, you know, by the time she's 12, 13, she's not going to want to hang out with me. These, this is the time I have to hang out with her. Um, 
where she actually loves hanging out with me and all she wants to do is like play and I'm always invited. You know, that door is going to come hard, come down hard. She's going to be like, no, you know, so I, I can't just like wait and say, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. So the biggest takeaway is is is, uh, is the fact that I've landed in that family is just family is number one, you know, but with that also comes the pain of, I, I have, I haven't seen my parents a lot this past year and my parents are, you know, uh, shout out Elaine Marabuco, uh, you know, my parents are, are getting older and one year of their lives is, is like, you know, it's, it's, it's worth yeah. a lot. Right. Yeah. So I haven't been able to see them a lot. Uh, there's been that pain, you know, but music is uh, music and food, Marcus, music, food and love. Uh, you know, family love is what, what's carried me through. Mm -hmm. So when I came back, I, I remember, you know, the last time I saw you in Harlem, I was sitting with Rakim uh, having lunch and I was about to uh, just go down to my uh, aunt on 116th Street, say goodbye to her. And then head out to Newark and you came in the restaurant. This is the same day as you had to uh, uh, fire your entire staff at uh, uh, or let go of your entire staff at uh, Mark, uh, Red Rooster in Miami. And I could just see in your face that in the 20, 36 hours earlier, we weren't at that point. Now it was dead serious. Mm -hmm. And then and then I left and I. I you know, I sat on that plane, that seven hour plane ride back to Stockholm. And I was like, it was, I, I just couldn't grasp what, what I was leaving and what I was going to. I mean, I knew I was going to my daughter and my part my amazing partner. Uh, but like the, the, the world, I was really like flying into this uncertain world that we've been living in. So taking away all the, all the plans that we meticulously make, you know, one and a half years we spent setting up to be able to do a drop of midnight at Harlem stage. And then in 24 hours, just gone, just like, forget about it. So all these meticulous plans that we make and, and take for granted this privilege that I, you know, that I have to be able to take a, a tomorrow for granted gone. And so how do I learn to readjust to uh, life in the way that maybe a majority or most likely a majority of the people on the planet live where you can't take tomorrow for granted. It's been a lot, man. It's really mm -hmm. been a lot. It's been, it's been healthy. You know, I, I also have to say shout out to uh West side gun. He released his album, pray for Paris. And, and uh, I, I would just walk around Sadamam, uh, the 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 island in Stockholm where I live, listening to West Side Gun. You know, when when my daughter was in daycare and going to the uh, grocery store, nice. buying groceries and planning on what to make for dinner, uh, um, and that's what kind of saved me. And then I found my pen. I started writing rhymes again. Beautiful. Uh, I I put uh, one verse each day up on Instagram that made me feel like I did something. And then I went and cooked dinner for my family. And that led me back into the studio. I recorded an album. I released a book. Uh, and we started this moment, you know? Yeah. So there's been a lot of takeaways. But but psychologically, mentally, it's really, it's been a one long, hard look in the mirror, really. That was beautiful captured. Uh, and as you were telling this story, I was almost like compartmentalized. March to July and from July to October and from October mm. to January, mm. because, uh, yeah, I mean, there will, will be books, there will be content produced about 2024 ever. But, um, I think the unknown for me was the scariest part. Right. And, and I would, I would start with the out, I, I would start with the positive, the positive is exactly what you said that, I started a routine with my son, like I take him to school and we talk, that's our one-on-one. -on -one. We talk more about, you know, what's happening during that 25 minute walk um, than any other time of the day, actually, whether it's on scooter and I have to run after him or whether we walk, 
whatever it is, we, we create that really beautiful father-son bond and we discover things on the way. If we have 40 minutes, you know, I like to do it leaves. We have 40 minutes and sometimes we just late and we just got to run at it, but we discover stuff, right? And so that's been beautiful. And, and for me as two creatives, as you and me, it's life is always about how do we find balance? And I think for me, it's been one of the hardest things in my life. I always struggled with finding balance because end of the day, food is food and people is a thing that I work with all my life. And, um, you know, I in my I'm in my head constantly thinking about these two things, and as a chef, as an entrepreneur, you constantly have to solve situations, whether it's on personalities or whether it's with ingredients. And now, for what, for whom? And that unknown had never, you know. Normally, I'm booked out a year ahead, you know, for what, for whom? And these things that we call each other so busy for, for what, you know? So it's really been questioning all of that but out of the positive things i would say also i found balance a better balance in my life i think for my wife and i we got even closer maybe we got closer because of the scared i don't know but this is it's we we did and we had to figure out how to solve things um on our own in a way that um will be you know i think all couples go through uh but those scary days when I put my gloves on, I put my mask on, and I went to the store. I had to wait for one hour outside to get into the store and then cook for my family. Those were scary. But then also to build off that, to still to this day, look at Jason, collectively, we built this moment. We did something when we were pushed in our corner. But I also got a lot of strain from handing out the food meeting my new regulars. Not the regular from downtown, there were lawyers and doctors. Not the regular from around the corner that, you know, were Harlemites. But homeless people that started to, the word got out that we started to hand out food together with World Central Kitchen. Those regulars that maybe I haven't seen them before or maybe I haven't worked, done enough for them before. We went from serving 300 people a day, 400 people a day, all the way up to 1,500 people a day. And the line changed too, the people in the line. People came with buses to the line, eventually with cars. People from all upper Manhattan came to our restaurant because they knew there were two meals a day to be had there. So this time, did not just forget, changed me on this spring, it forever changed me. Those next three months of 2020, I will never, ever forget. And to the listeners, thank you for coming on this journey that we're still shaping, by the way. You were able to do your album. I was able to do The Rise, the book that has been transformative. And we'd be able, we've been able to build a fund out of called Black Business Matters Matching Fund that we've been able to like support people in this crisis. So there is many things that has come out of this and without covid the election would not have had the same outcome we could actually say that now i was very uncomfortable saying that before that's the truth so now we have that to look at right that we do have a new outlook in america and th and thirdly not necessarily related to covid but the social justice conversation that happened in this country sort of like got even a higher temperature because people were at home and people can follow news in a different way. So that pressure cooker led to actually systemic things that hopefully is gonna be kept. So as an optimist, I wanna sort of like think about what 2020 and now 2021 has given us and it's gonna give us. And um, I was scared, Jason, but now I'm hopeful. And I look, I feel very, very uh, privileged to first have access to healthcare and my family, but also to be here and to be able to do things like this um, and to be able to express myself as a creative. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. To cap this off, it's probably not going to be done this year, but yesterday we actually launched and we announced that we're going to build a new restaurant called Hav and Mar. And Hav, oh, as, right. Yeah, Hav, as you know, means Hav, ocean. Ocean. Means yeah. ocean. And it goes back to my island of Smergen. And Mar means honey in, in Amharic. And oh, it's going wow. to be this the, the front store is going to just be seafood and the back door will be just vegetarian. And, and so it's all about health, truly, truly just thinking about um, sustainability. And these type of conversations, when you go on your long walks, mm -hmm. this is what mm -hmm. I've been thinking about. What can I give back to the next generation? I was like, part of it is Ethiopia, part of it is Sweden, but also mm -hmm. this environmental thing that we have to think about. So, I'm not sure I would have done Hav and Mar mm. without this very interruptive year, but also the inspiration that an interruption really created creatively. It was beautifully put, Marcus. And, you know, that energy that you have and that perspective is also what I really, again, I've thanked you a lot of times and I will keep thanking you for uh, for sharing that with me too and having the luxury of being able to you know when i wasn't listening to west side gun walking around sadamal i was on the phone with you you know because mm -hmm. you had that time and and i had that time and we could have these conversations and and record so many of them which built this podcast um but tell me more about the new restaurant is it going to be called hov and mar yeah and for mm. me, this is a love letter to New York City. It's a love letter to the two cultures that I represent, the sweet Ethiopian in me. But <laughs> Hav, I'm not just above the ocean, also underneath. See, mm. we're going to be part of this, right? Mm -hmm. Saving the ocean is going to be part of this. So mm. Mm. it's all about understanding what's in the ocean. How do we take care of it? How do we make it mm -hmm. more sustainable? 
and the other side about thinking about plant-based and moving forward in those ways that mm-hmm. uh, we don't have the answer. I don't have the, all, all of the answers, but if I'm going to push and, and, and leave my house and leave my, my, my wife and son, I want to push towards something positive. And I want to give young professionals a chance to work in the most inspirational environment possible and give our audience a way to dine around that. And, you know, Chelsea for me, you know, where it is going to be in Chelsea. And for me, Chelsea has always been the place where creativity, where the artist in New York has been. And to be able to continue to build on that, um, it, you know, we get offered places constantly. They always say no. And I'm like, you know what? Out of this horrible, you know, this very challenging year, oh. what would be more powerful, but actually to start something fresh, new, and really highly original. So I'm excited. We, we, it's going to take a year, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, you know, that, that will be its love letter, really, to, to the city and to my background. And I mean, you, you know, congratulations, Marcus. And again, it's just a testament to just the unstoppable creative force that is you, you know, mm. and your unique way of blending your roots, your 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 multifaceted uh, cultural background into food and, mm. and, and that storytelling that is your food. You know, mm. I, I know on the menu, you know, I, I just... I see something on the menu of Red Rooster and I'm like, yeah, of course, Marcus put Gravlax on uh, uh, on Injera and serves it in Harlem, you know, and that is just that's that's W.E.B. Du Bois plus one. You know, it's that that it's taking the doubleness and making it into the tripleness. And now you're bringing Toskog into uh, um, Chelsea. It's a beautiful thing, brother. And I'm behind you 100 percent. I, as you know, I, I've had this aversion to eating fish for a long time, but I've yes. actually, uh, during this year, eaten more fish and more seafood than uh, than ever before in my life. So I'll be ready for Hov when Good. it opens. What's the What's the name of your album? What are you going to call it? Have you decided? My album it? is, yeah, my album is called Dugam La Dunia. So it's kind oh, of a wordplay. Yeah, it's a wordplay on the the first line of the Swedish national anthem that goes du gamla du freya. Um and so it's, it just speaks to the kind of transitional age that I'm in, you know, from having become a father quite recently and sh- my daughter being the new and me the old, but also the world having forever changed, you know. Uh, can you just translate the? Yeah, can you just the, translate you, these two? Literally, words? it means "you old, you new." Uh, and, and the first line of the Swedish national anthem is "you old, you free," right? Mm. Um, and that the the you know the past year has changed changed the society of humans, uh, uh, the world of humans forever. We will not be the same. We went from the old world and we're not yet arrived at the new world isn't built yet, but, but it's, you know, it's inevitably coming. When did that title come to you? Was it because it wasn't always there, right? It wasn't always there, but uh, I was working on a track uh, and I had, uh, I had written one chorus for it and I didn't think the chorus was good enough. I was sitting with my, my dear brother chords, shout out to my brother, Jens Resch, uh, who together with uh, Patrick Hulain produced all the beats. And I was sitting with my other brother, Julimar, and we were just vibing on, you know, how could we make this chorus better? And that phrase just popped up, uh, and Jens was like, yo, you should, that's, you know, you should call the album that. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. And there we there we were, you know. And then then the album had its title. It's the same as when I was writing A Drop of Midnight. I don't know, you know, how it was for you when you wrote Yes Chef for The Rise, but well, I know how it was with The Rise. You you were thinking a lot about the title. I mm-hmm. when I started writing A Drop of Midnight, I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And I was just so kind of caught up in uh uh the I just like I just have to keep writing, keep writing. I want to I want to climb this mountain. I didn't think about the title, and I had just landed in New York, and Amelie was like, "Yo, um, 
let's go to the Whitney because there's a painter on exhibit that I really think you're going to appreciate. And I'm like, okay. And it was an Archibald Motley uh, exhibit. And I was just blown away by this um, African-American painters, uh, 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 many decades old art that we were looking at. And there was a portrait of a woman and next to it, uh, the curator's note was uh, that Archibald Motley liked to paint uh, portraits of black people with different uh, skin tones to show the 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 kind of the multicultural uh, multicolorism of of blackness, and uh, and it uh, and it it mentioned a book by Nella Larson called Passing, and I I just took note of that and then. Next day, I was at the Strand. I picked up Nella Larson's passing. I'm reading the foreword, and boom, uh, a drop of midnight was right there, the phrase. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, the universe gave me that title. So that's how it goes sometimes. With uh, yeah. uh, Sometimes you can't go out, or for me anyway, I don't go out and try to find the title, but it has to find me. Same thing, you know, just in conversation with a man in Ghana, he says it to me. I'm like, thank you. You know, um, beautiful. You know, sometimes would be proud the universe of that smiles at us. Tell you know me, would be be proud of. So, I always feel like you're our generation's Cornelius, and I feel oh. like Cornelius was this incredible <laughs> Swedish, or Dutch actually, but lived in, spent most of his time in Sweden. Um, you know, he wrote. I mean, I would say like it's Sweden's Bob Dylan, probably. Is yeah, that it? yeah, kind of a mix of Bob. D he's just a, a mix of Bob Dylan, John Lennon, and it's just a very, very talented yes. uh, songwriter. Yeah, but he would have uh, been proud of that title. He would have loved that title. Well, thank you so much, brother. It's a, that's a lot to live up to. But uh, so, so the you know, on the positive note, there's so much that we. You know, in this past year, for, from from when I left Harlem, you know, uh, to now, uh, yeah, the world has changed. We've changed, but we persevere. We and we are also the lucky ones. We're still here, you know. And the fact that we're still here, you know, almost uh, 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 getting close to. 3 million people infected in the United States, getting close to 550,000 dead, 13,000, almost 13,200 dead in Sweden. You know, just like about, I think, 3 million lives in the world uh, lost. Um, let me double check that. Yeah, 2.7 million lives lost worldwide. We're still here, you know, and we have this fantastic resilience as human beings to be able to persevere crises. And especially living in a country like Sweden that has been, you know, uh, free from war and crises for, for over a century. And we've, we've persevered through this crisis. It's still going on. It's not over. Uh, but we're also still here. We're the lucky ones. We're still around, you know. Um, and to There's take so that and do something with that, you know, and not take tomorrow for granted and not take what all these things that we have for granted. I hope, you know, one thing that I hope people do is to actually to start to see the things that we take for granted and appreciate them, right? Mm. That this, mm. out of this crisis got to come better empathy. It's got to come a way to appreciate the small daily victories that you have. Like one mm. of the, one small example, but a great example of that actually was one of the posts that you did when Max took her first picture of you, right? Mm. Right, right, right. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And you posted yeah. it on Instagram. Like yeah. people might not say that that's a big deal or not, but for me, it was a big deal because mm. it shows that, you know, we, you, obviously shared something very personal, but it's also the, their lives the day to day and their lives for me, these things that um, when everything is dark and you pick up the newspaper or you get your media, or whatever you do, like however you get your content, it's a lot of negative news out there. And just like you said, mm. yes, 550,000 people have died in the, in the US and counting. 2000 people a day are still dying out of this crisis. We're not out of it by far. But you also have to look at all the positives, the small positive thing that you collectively mm. say. When you say today was a good day, mm -hmm. it's all it is Max taking that shot. It is Zion 
running in the park, right? It is these small, small, small images that we build into this one image. It's almost like cubism that builds it into this one day. Yes, today was a good day, just like our friend Ice Cube said, right? And I think it's very important to however you, whatever you have to do to manifest day, for some people it's yoga, for some people it's walking in the park, for some people it's FaceTiming with their friends. Do all of that and acknowledge, mm-hmm. because just like you said, we are still here and live it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, think about someone like myself now that have the shot. I'm still going to wear a mask, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be cautious because I have to think about my fellow community. You it's know the example I mean? you set too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and COVID has really shown us, nature has shown us that, uh, you know, this beautiful word Ubuntu is is it's the truth. It's fact. You know, it's shown how connected we mm-hmm. are. The air that I exhale could actually, you know, kill you. You know, if I'm doing bad, then you might be doing bad. We are all connected. Everything is connected. You know, nature is connected to us. We're connected to each other. Um, that's what I hope we we also remember to carry with us for the rest of our days. A while back ago, we asked you this question, what was your big takeaway from 2020? And here are some of the most brilliant answers. And once again, thank you for hitting us up and giving us your feedback. The show wouldn't work without it. Gustav Ruth here. Just want to let you know that I've learned being on your own, deep in your own thoughts, staying safe, doesn't mean you're staying away. It means you're staying close to yourself, your goals, staying true to your attitude. Hi, my name is Alicia from Richmond, Virginia. 2020 has taught me the importance of rejuvenation and getting off of the grind. There's been so much pain and loss, but there's also been opportunity to slow down and enjoy things that many of us we're in such a hurried state to be able to relish and enjoy. So that's what 2020 has taught me. Thank you. I think this year's most important learning has been my renewed faith in human solidarity. Like this year, we've seen neighbors, like utter strangers, step up and help when they have elderly neighbors or sick friends, calling them and asking if they need groceries, offering to to help cook for them, Uh, being there socially, but virtually with the Zoom hangouts and and stuff like that. So it's been a renewed faith in just human interaction and human solidarity towards each other. And that's been really cool about this year. 2020, year of doom, year of Zoom. This moment, this moment in time, rhymes like dimes. As boys, they were outcasts, but now they rock podcasts and hit you with knowledge that'll leave you with whiplash. The one wears a mustache, the other cooks succotash. They overcame oceans crashing, waves on the beach. They don't lecture and preach, but they inform and teach. They continue to reach us all with their interviews. Marcus and Timbuktu have served us a mental stew and fed us with Ubuntu. Thank you all, all our listeners. Follow us on Instagram at This Moment Podcast. Our email is thismomentpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.